Just because the particular means and methods by which we pursue the thing we want to pursue, the passion, it doesn't mean that that's the only way to do it. It doesn't mean we have to abandon the passion or the pursuit in order to find a scenario or a situation that is better suited for us. Hello and welcome to the Optimal Agency Podcast. My name is Patrick Cummings, joined as always by John Gilson. Together with you, we are exploring the ideas of agency, diving deep to discover a set of guidelines on how each of us can best operate in the day-to-day to maximize our personal autonomy, professional freedom, and ultimately our positive impact on the world. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Hello and how are you, John? I'm joyful, Pat. It's a good day. Joyful. It is, it is the joyful season, so that's good. <laughs> Um, all right, so what we're doing this time, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we are breaking out the questions that listeners have been sending us. We're going to do individual episodes on uh, those questions. And then every other week, we'll do our deep dives on various elements of becoming an optimal agent. This week, we've got a question from a listener. If you would love to, or if you would like to get a question into the show, we would love for you to send that to us uh, and so that we can continue to answer them in future episodes. The best way to do that is optimalagency.co slash questions. Quick form, send us what you're thinking about. Send us a little bit about your life uh, and we will try to get it into a future episode. You can also very simply respond to any one of our weekly newsletters that we send out and we read them, we promise, and we'll get them into our queue as well. And you can get on that newsletter list at optimalagency.co slash newsletter. The links to those are in the show show notes. We thank you in advance for sending them. We've got a question this week from Jody. A little bit of context for Jody. She says, I'm in my mid-30s and I work as a high school special ed teacher, primarily with high needs students. This is her question. I really enjoy being a teacher and love my students. However, the education system has changed a lot in recent years and I've become extremely burnt out. It has affected every aspect of my life, including my health and relationships. I want to switch careers, but I struggle with giving up a job I am so passionate about. I also worry about there being fewer people to support these exceptional learners. I would appreciate some guidance on how to work through this as I can't continue like this for very much longer. Jody, thanks for doing what you do. Uh, That is a very, very hard job. And, uh, I have a little bit of a connection to it. My mo- my mother uh, has been variously a physical education teacher and a fourth grade special education teacher. And I witnessed firsthand the fatigue, the lack of sleep, the cynicism with the system, and I saw it coupled with this intense desire to help kids who were often being let down by that same system. And so mm-hmm. I truly believe in my bones, I understand. And I hope that we can help get you on a path that gets you to both exercise this passion that you have for helping kids with special needs uh, and gets you past this burnout. And I'm going to start with what is burnout? And we've talked about this, but it's cynicism, it's frustration, and it's fatigue of not having the impact we want to have because of things we cannot control. It's not having control at the end of the day to do what you want to do in the world. And it's got to be tough to have that bounce up against, I'm very passionate about what I actually need to do is just help these kids. And so if I read between the lines, you're being foiled in your attempts. You're being foiled in your attempts somehow. Okay. And let's start with this. Don't hurt yourself to help them. I witnessed this myself for decades, somebody who would put their own sleep, health, 
happiness, joy on the back burner to help other people. I understand the desire and I applaud the desire. It's a wonderful thing. But if you aren't taking care of yourself, you are going to shorten your life literally, which is going to shorten your ability to help these kids in the long term. And so how do we reconcile those things? If I'm telling Jody, do not sacrifice your health. Don't do it. Okay. So how do we overcome that? How do we get you to sleep? How do we get rid of that frustration? How do we help the kids? Okay. So the first thing I need you to do is to figure out exactly and precisely why you're burned out. Why are you burned out? Is it the bureaucracy of helping? Is it your boss? Is it the people you're around who aren't these kids? Uh, is it incorrect individual education plans? Are there IEPs not getting approved appropriately and being implemented correctly? Is it a commute? You know, are you driving two hours each way to get to this school district to do the thing? So I need you to sit down and say, precisely why am I burned out? You may find it really helpful to sit with a, a family member or a loved one or a partner to really get that out and have that conversation. I find having another human as a sounding board is really efficient here. Get down to the precise reasons. So those will become the freedoms we need freedom from. Those are our mm -hmm. negative freedoms. Okay. And now what I want you to do is I want you to get to your positive freedoms, which are why are you passionate about this job? Okay. So that list could look like, I feel like I make a difference in one kid's life every day. It could be, I feel that this population is underserved and I'm doing a good thing. So it helps me. It's enlightened self-interest. Okay. It could be, I like the act of saying hello to these kids in the morning and seeing them all light right up. And they're so happy Jody's here. Write down what the passion is. Is it the contact? Is it the, is it the impact? Kind of what is it? And so if you have those two lists, what you have is what do I need freedom from? What's causing the burnout? What do I need freedom to? What is it that's giving me the passion? And so that list is essentially what characteristics you need from a job. The other thing I need you to think about, and I saw this trap and it's a trap. I often spoke with my mother who was dramatically underpaid. And mom, I hope you don't mind. I'm trying to help Jody here. So my, <laughs> my mother was dramatically underpaid. So 30th year as a teacher made about $45,000 a year. The town that she lived in would routinely shoot down any increases in the school budget to the point where she was buying markers and construction paper with her own, frankly, meager income to supplement these kids' edu education. You know, And so what I couldn't get her to see is if that under-resourcing and underpayment to have a local impact is causing the problem, you can look at other spheres. You can zoom out. And so you can say, if it's helping these kids, do I need to be in the classroom with them every day? The answer may be yes, maybe no. Okay. If no, what are the alternatives to this? And I want to point out a couple because I, I spent some time researching this for you to say, you know, what can you do? Okay, so the first thing is if your school district is the problem, can you get to a different school district? Maybe it's better, better funded. Uh, maybe it has more of a concentration on special education. Maybe it just has a higher tax base. And frankly, those things tend to go hand in hand. If you find a wealthier community, you'll give, be given more resources to avoid burnout. Now, I understand. I understand there's a conflict there. You want to help the kids who need the help the most. 
The kids who need the help the most are by definition the kids who aren't getting the help. But you may be able to help them either by moving, you may also be able to help them by changing the scope of your assignment. Okay, so check this out. What if you help them on a national level instead of a local level? What if you help them on a state level instead of a local level? So I went through and I looked up all the special needs organizations that are rated very highly by a service called Charity Navigator that hire people like you to help with their mission. Okay, you don't need to be a teacher. You need to help these kids. And you have the right to not be pigeonholed as a teacher for the rest of your life because almost every profession that helps other people teaches in some way. Okay, so the Special Olympics is a massive employer based in Washington, D.C., 99% approval by Charity Navigator, and they desperately need help. They do. Uh, I looked, I think there were 12 or 15 job postings on specialolympics.org this morning. Uh, United Cerebral Palsy. My little brother has a mild case of cerebral palsy uh, stemming from uh, an incident during birth. Uh, and so uh, they similarly have a four-star rating from Charity Navigator and our employers. Let me just go through a few more of these so you can check them out yourself. The ARC uh, is worried about accessibility and equity for the neurodiverse, for the special needs, and making sure that they get the opportunities they need to thrive in life. Another 100% Charity Navigator rated place to go. Easter Seals, not 100%, but probably one of the longest running places that helps. And they help not only at young ages, but through lifespan. Look at these places. Contact these places, see if you can help, if that's of interest to you. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that I thought of, because this is where my mind goes, I've worked in tech and startups and just, you know, health and wellness really my whole career. Are there any entrepreneurial options? So there are, I looked up startups in what's called ed tech. Okay. Ed tech mm -hmm. is just what it sounds like. It is software that helps the educational process. And I looked up ed tech for special needs. It turns out I almost got bored with the list. And, uh, Patrick, let's put that, let's put that link in the show notes. I put it in our, in our, our site got prep. It. Uh, so you can see that list. It's gigantic, you know, of technology meant to help special learners. And don't be put off by the fact that you can't code. These people need. Everything from executive assistants to marketers to advocates. And if you go that route, you will be able to offer them something they can't get, which is usually ed tech is started by someone technical, someone who can write code or has an idea. You can give them an on the ground, boots on the ground viewpoint on what do those kids actually need. Okay. And if you're really good at that, Jody, if you really know what those kids really need and they're really not getting it, the New Schools Venture Fund at newschools.org gave out $25 million last year to startup founders who are attempting to develop tech specifically for special needs populations. So what I'm saying is the things you know and the things you care about are things that you can pursue for, through any number of avenues. Reject the idea that you have to be a teacher. Reject the idea that you have to make that impact on the local level. If you can't, and that's where you want to be, and that's why you're passionate on the local level, find a better place to apply your trade, right? One that might pay you better, one that might give you more resources, one that doesn't shoehorn IEPs into some nonsense that was legislated by state legislature that has no clue what you need to do. Find a better place. But I hope that opens it up for you. And I can't say 
it, with any more passion myself, how much I appreciate your situation, who you are, and uh, how blessed I feel that you gifted us with this question. Thank you. I'm going to add uh, one thing and then maybe highlight something you said, which is what you, your advice, and this is just uh, doubling down on that. But one of the things that we all, lots of folks know who Simon Sinek is, start with why, this concept of um, people don't care what you do, they care why you do it. And I, I kind of always, like, I sort of got that, that under, or I kind of got that as a, as an idea for a long time, or at least I thought I did. And then I was listening to an interview with him and, and it really kind of, there was a light bulb moment for me in terms of understanding this, this, this why idea, which is he was talking about his own personal, uh, why, like why he does this thing. And I'll, I'll butcher the exact phrase, but something like he wants to wake up every day and help people, uh, pursue passion in their workplace. Not it, but close enough. And what he was saying was, Right now, the way I do that is I write books and I speak. But that doesn't mean that I'm a writer and I'm a speaker. It just means that right now, this is the best method I have to spread, to pursue this, this particular why that I have. It may be in a year I'm doing something else. It may be in five years I'm not writing anything. And I bring that up to say, because I think that this is, this is a really nice thing that you're pointing out, which is just because the particular means and methods by which we pursue the thing we want to pursue, the passion, the, 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 the interest, it doesn't mean that that's the only way to do it. It doesn't mean we have to abandon the passion or the pursuit in order to find a scenario or a situation that is, uh, that is better suited for us. As I, and I think that's what's, what jo Jody is struggling with a little bit. It seems like a very light switch on and light switch off, which is either I help kids who I really love helping or I don't help kids. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's the, the crux of the challenge, which is, which is why I love your advice so much. It's not, it's not a light switch. It's a move the room. Don't worry about turning the light switch on and off. Find a better room to be in. <laughs> And yeah, that I think is something we room. forget really, really quickly because it is hard to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take three steps backwards and, and answer these questions and recognize, oh, there are lots of ways in which I could help these kids. There are lots of ways in which I can help these kids and not hurt myself at the same time. Yeah. You can help those kids and help yourself. They're not mutually yeah. exclusive things. Yep. Uh, and gosh, if there's anything that comes out of this that is important. It's that. And then, you know, it makes me think of, uh, there's a author named James Altucher mm -hmm. and, uh, he's written a bunch of books in that Seth Godin format of, you know, yep. rapidly prints a book a year for 10 years kind of thing. So yep. I'm not even going to remember which of his books this is from, but he essentially talks about idea generation as a skill mm. and how you can sit down in the morning uh, yes. and it, it works really well first thing in the morning and come up with 10 ideas, say, what are 10 ways I could help these kids? And you kind of don't allow the constraint. You don't say if I could help these kids, if I didn't live in Indiana, I could help these kids. If I didn't have a lack of money, I could, you don't allow the constraints. You just say, mm -hmm. what are 10 ideas? And what Altucher does, which I think is really great is you don't just generate ideas about your problem. You generate ideas about any problem. So if you, uh, Jody, wanted to really develop this muscle, you might also say, what are six ways that I could stop uh, kill shelters from existing in the United States, right, mm -hmm. for animals? Uh, you could say, 
again, what are 10 ways to help special education kids that don't involve seeing them at school? What are the other aspects of their lives? You could say, what are 10 ways that I would uh, end my commute entirely? And you can go and go and go. What are 10 toys that I'd make for a kid with special needs? And go and go and go and do it daily. And so what it does, and I think this is the miracle of it, is it's a very simple practice that opens your horizons. Mm-hmm. Because in reading the text of your question, and that's all we have to go on, unfortunately, what I see more than anything, and Pat, you, I think you hinted at this, is the light switch idea, the binary, that there are infinite possibilities and you see two. And so how can we develop that muscle that allows me to see hundreds of possibilities? Well, by practice. Mm-hmm. I love that. I forgot about that that exercise from James Alter. It's a good one. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you, especially to Jody. If you would like to get a uh, question into a future episode, we would love it. Head to optimalagency.co slash questions. Let us know what is on your mind in, in this pursuit of agency, in this pursuit of health, wealth, and time. The link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you. John and I will be back next week for another episode of the Optimal Agency Podcast. <laughs>